friends. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Welcome to Ships on Fire. We are inviting you into our journey as we share our struggles, our victories, and all the in-betweens. We'll dive into relationships, discipleship, and leadership. We're passionate about our friendships and our story of courtship. So join us as we set ships on fire. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode. Our relationship with Jesus began with a simple prayer. Prayer is an essential part of the spiritual journey God has you on. Today, we will be sharing some of our story with you on how our prayer life started and where we are today. Hey there, we're so glad you're here. I'm Keola, and my bride Jess sitting right next to me, and it's our prayer for you today to come away with a few practical tips so that your prayer life will be set ablaze. So Jess, talk to us about your prayer life. How did it start? What was it like, maybe even starting as a child? So when I think back to my childhood, I don't ever remember praying as a child or a teenager. Not even if I was like scared or having a difficult time with a certain situation. I can't really remember ever praying growing up. Was that something that was not around you? Like, did you know people who prayed? So growing up, I wasn't exposed to a lot of, or really any, that was involved in church, that had a relationship with Christ. I think the first time I was exposed to any prayer or church or anything like like that was my best friend in sixth grade. Her family was very involved in their church, and I remember her mom just being super strong in her faith. Yeah, so for me, like we talked about even on our last episode, is I grew up in religion I had background in Catholic religion and and Mormon religion. And so, I mean, as far as I can remember as a child, definitely the Lord's Prayer. I knew that, you know, like the back of my hand, it's one of the first prayers memorized. So I definitely had that. I also remember just even before any football game, we would pray. And, you know, as I've grown up and got to learn the Lord's Prayer and realizing now that it was an outline that Jesus used to teach his disciples to pray. It definitely transformed the way I I looked at that prayer specifically. If you're like me and you did not grow up knowing the Lord's Prayer, you can find it in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And we'll post that in the show notes below. Yeah, also, you know, as I'm thinking about it, I do remember... You know, we got into a car accident when I was a child. I think I was eight years old. And I remember I was in the hospital and my dad was there on the bedside and he kind of broke it down, you know, broke down each verse for me. So that definitely has stuck with me. But prayer, you know, right now, yes. Do I have a, is my prayer life on fire? I'd say so. Um, I just love it. But I do remember when I was a child, you know, because I went to Catholic school, it seemed like I was the guy that always would be called on to pray. Anytime there was a prayer before uh, an event or any type of party that we had, family party, it was like I was 
I was the one called on to pray. In fact, I would even go run and hide when I knew there was prayer coming. I'd, I'd run away and hide. And of course, my dad would be looking around for me and then he'd find me. And then next thing you know, I'm up on a stage or in front of people. But I think it was one of those things. I mean, it was just combined with being a introverted kid, I feel like at the time, and then being in front of tons of people to be able to pray, let alone I had some pretty good examples of some prayer warriors in like my grandpa on my on my mom's side and and whatnot so um it was definitely intimidating especially being around people who were prayer warriors so Jess you haven't had prayer growing up at all you can't you can't really remember ever so when did it shift for you when was the first time maybe that you said a prayer do you remember that Yeah, so I think back to one of the first times I remember ever praying was the time that I prayed to accept Christ. When I think back to that time, I'm not even really 100% sure that I knew what praying was, but I knew I wanted to start a relationship with Christ, that life would be so much better with Jesus, and that I was a sinner. So that's really the first time I truly remember ever praying. So, Kiola, do you remember when your prayer life shifted from more of a scripted prayer to more of a personal, intimate prayer? Hmm, thinking about it. So I can remember definitely, you know, when I was out in the wilderness, um, I prayed a ton, right? I'm, I'm not living, I'm living for myself, I'm partying like a rock star, things like that. So I do remember there was many times of prayer just like in the bathroom with God, just going, God, why am I doing this? What's going on? And then, of course, you know, leaving the bathroom and then heading back, partying like a rock star. But I do remember accepting Christ, and that was, what, 10 years ago, right? And I accept that I'm a sinner and that I'm in need of a Savior. Give my life uh, to Christ. Full submission, true prayer. I can think about last summer. So it all kind of started where God put it on my heart. And summer is one of those times of the year where people tend to take time off, right? You're you're involved in a life group. You're, you're going to church regularly on Sundays. And then all of a sudden, the summer comes and take off. A lot of churches may not have life groups during the summer because not many people show up. Everybody's busy, vacations, all that kind of stuff. And last year was one of those years where God pressed it on my heart and he said, really, are you going to take a break from me uh, this summer? And I was like, oh man, no way. Nope, I can't do it. So what do I do? And that's when he put on my heart, it was his vision for me to create a a prayer group. And the way that really came about was I was in, um, at the time I was in in the book of Acts. I was doing an Acts study with a bunch of friends and we're in Acts 12. And so Peter's in prison and, and he knows that the church is praying for him. And that's so encouraging when you hear about people praying for you. Kilo, do you remember how many people that we later found out were praying for us for years and just how like crazy that was that there were people spending their time praying for us and we didn't even know it? Yeah, I remember it was just so overwhelming. Um, You know, Brian, I remember Brian telling me when I told him I gave my life to Christ, I remember he's like, oh man, he just, I got 20 people I got to go just tell about this because we've been praying for you. And I remember how overwhelming that felt when I said, man, why were they praying for me? But uh, going back to the story of Peter, you know, so he's in prison, the church is praying for him. And 
Then the angel comes, breaks him out of jail, supernatural breakout. And the first thing he did was he went to Mary's house because he knew that many were there gathered in prayer. So what it was put on my heart was I was I thought about this and I said, one, how often am I earnestly praying? And two, would he come to my house because many are gathered in prayer? So that's when our, our prayer group really started. And that's what really got me fully on fire for prayer. Um, and it was just so awesome. All right, Jess. So you went from not knowing how to pray not even knowing what prayer was, to where now I can call, hey, who wants to pray? And you're typically one of the first people to put your hands up. So how did that, how did you get there? Well, I don't know if I'm always the first person to pray, but I will. So it took me a while to get there. I look back at life groups I was in for the past 10 years, and I remember being so intimidated by others who prayed so well. I remember just sitting there like in panic if I thought someone was going to call on me to pray out loud, and it actually, that never ever happened, so I would panic for no reason, but I would go into a full-on spiral of lies that I would tell myself. I don't have the right words. What if I mess up? What if I say someone's name wrong? What if I open my eyes and my eyes are supposed to be closed? Like all those crazy thoughts. I was so worried and consumed by the performance that I lost out on so many opportunities to talk to God and to actually pray for someone else. Once I realized that all prayer was is just me talking to God and that he just wants the real raw me, I finally started to get some freedom from being stuck and not praying, specifically out loud in front of others. And I think once I had a more intimate relationship with Jesus and I knew him more, prayer became more of my life and natural part of it. Yeah, that intimacy is so important, right, Jess? And I am. I'm so encouraged by you, by seeing you pray. Now, yeah, when we talk about intimacy, we did. We talked about that in our previous podcast where when I'm praying to Jesus, I'm at his feet. Like, he's no further than my fingertips, really. You know, he's not, again, like I said, on a, on a cloud, some distant area. He's like here. He's working. He wants to speak with me. And, and I treat it as such. So, and But then the biggest transition, really, for me was part of the Lord's Prayer is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I can just get so lost spending time because it's not so much about praying for what I what I want or things I need. It's about who I'm praying to. And um, so when I think about that, I think about how big God is. And yes, he's going to hear me. Yes, he's going to answer my prayers. But I love just sitting in the moment of God, you are good. You are holy. You are perfect. Then when I think about my needs... Then it shifts into, if I need healing, God is my healer. If I need restoration, God restores. If I need his counsel, of course, he's my counselor. I need leadership, he's my shepherd. Going through a storm, he is peace. He's provider, he's sanctifier, victory. You get the point. Yeah, that's good stuff, Kiola. And I'm reminded, too, that God is so personal. So whatever it is in that moment that I need... He is that for for me. So we just kind of talked about individually our prayer life from kind of the beginning to where we are today. You also talked about a little bit about praying in groups like our life group. 
So what about as a couple? Talk to us about that. Yes. Yeah, so I think praying together with your spouse is so important. I know it's not always easy. It's It also takes vulnerability, I think, when you're praying together. Yeah, definitely takes some vulnerability. Also takes really being in tune with the spirit. Yeah, I think, Keola, uh, I think you do a really good job as following the spirit. So can you give a story about a time maybe where I was out of control and you asked me, hey, can we pray together? Yeah, so I'll start out with this first is definitely not a good idea just to jump right in when your spouse or your, your, you know, your partner's just freaking out, right? You don't want to jump right in and say, hey, you want to, you know, can I pray for you? Because though my heart might be saying, can I pray for you? All she's hearing is something's wrong. What the heck is wrong? No, I don't want you to pray for me. So like I said, you got to be in tune with the spirit. And one way I'm able to discern that is, you know, scripture tells us from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So when I'm hearing things that's just not who she is and not who she wants to be, then I'm kind of navigating that before even offering prayer, right? So typically it'll start with a hug for sure. And then it's like, hey, can we pray about this? Because part of that hug also brings me down. Because if not, then I'm just that overbearing husband that sees something's going on. I don't understand. And now I'm calling her out by wanting to pray for her. So it turns prayer from something that can be very intimate to something that she doesn't even want because it just doesn't come across the right way. And just to let you know, hugging, like touching, that is not one of my love languages. <laughs> yeah, so I can't think of a specific time. I can think of many times that this has happened, but the power of the prayer was so much better because I was able to be vulnerable. Like it takes vulnerability to, to really pray for somebody sometimes, and it also takes vulnerability to be prayed for, especially if you're in a situation where you're just not feeling right. There's something in your heart, whether it be anger, whether it be sadness, whether it be disappointment, whatever that feeling is, it does take that vulnerability to accept prayer also. And I think so it could be so easy to just say, well, I'll pray for you. And then sitting there praying with that person also can change you too. I think it can soften your heart and change everything. And I think also just having that trust with each other and creating a safe space for each other to pour out your hearts to each other. So Keola, what are some practical ways that you could help someone with their prayer life? So I think a good example would be, of course, taking it right from Jesus himself, right? So Jesus always had a time. He always had a special place and he had a plan. And of course, like we talked about earlier, that plan being the Lord's Prayer is such a great outline um, to use and to, to break down. And I'd love to help break that down with you. So if you are thinking, man, I would love to break down the Lord's Prayer, send us an email and I'd love to walk through that with you. And one other thing to add to that is prayer should not be our last resort. 
It should be our first response. So Jess, what do you have? So I've got a couple things. First, I would say find someone you trust and pray with them. Just find somebody and call them your prayer buddy. And for me, journaling, writing out my prayers so I can look back, I can take inventory, and I can remember what I prayed for last year or the year before or the night before. I could just remember. It just helps me. When I journal, my mind drifts less and my thoughts make more sense. When we get into the presence of God, we have to eliminate distractions that close us off from God. Thanks for sharing that, Jess. I know eyes closed is a way to eliminate distractions, but I want to end with this picture of Jesus and leave you with encouragement. So in John 17, Jesus knows he's going to the cross to be crucified, and he prays to God with his eyes wide open, lifted up to heaven. So he prays to God and gives an account of his earthly ministry and prays for himself. Then his prayer transitions to prayer for his disciples, as of course, he'll be leaving them in the world to continue the mission. And here's where I hope you're encouraged. So in John 17, verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And I'm so encouraged by that because Jesus, our Savior, was praying for you. He was praying for me. Wow. Now you might be saying, well, I don't know Jesus. Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to begin a relationship, your most important ship in the quiet of where you are right now. So if you're ready, just repeat after me. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I have lived my life apart from you and I need you. Today, right now, Jesus, I commit my life to you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, that's the best decision you could ever make. I'd love to come alongside of you in your newfound hope. The heavens are celebrating right now in your honor. Thanks, Keola. And if you did pray that prayer today, please let us know. If we have encouraged you today, we want to note it's in the show notes below. If you know of someone that this episode could help, share it with them. We are on Facebook at Ships on Fire, so please like and share our page so we can continue to reach people and help them move on the journey God has for them. And thank you so much for listening to our podcast today.